Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a lot of pieces in their cornerback room. The question is, how will they put them together? I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. Joe Hayden is no longer a Pittsburgh Steeler, replacing him, Levi Wallace, from the Buffalo Bills. This was, to me, a fantastic signing by the Pittsburgh Steelers. As for significantly less money, he is a player who is perfectly suited to play the role Joe Hayden played in 2019 and 2020. He's a great fit for that exact role. So they replaced Joe Hayden with a player who plays the same way. The biggest difference between them is Joe Hayden was a playmaker on a level that Levi Wallace isn't. Joe Hayden, the all-pro cornerback from the past, a top draft pick and a fantastic number one corner. As he aged, wasn't that guy anymore, but he was still a playmaker when put in a role that he could still play at. And that role was kind of a cover two cornerback type of role. If you ask Joe Hayden to cover a really good wide receiver one-on-one on an island, no matter what that player did, Joe Hayden wasn't going to give you good snaps. He wasn't going to give you high-quality play over the course of the game. If you ask Joe Hayden to be a cover-two-style corner, read the play, cover short, help in the run game, he could do it. You ask him to go into cover three and play a deep zone, he could do it. As long as you didn't ask him to be on an island, he was fantastic. He was especially good especially good in the Steelers pattern matching defense where you're you're going to play man, but you have certain rules that tell you, hey, if your guy goes inside, I'm passing him off. If my guy goes deep, you know, I, I might be passing him off. He, he was fantastic at it. And one of his big strengths was jumping routes coming into his area from someone else's receiver. For example, he's on the outside and the slot receiver is inside. You know, on, on his side, there's a slot receiver. They run a basic pattern where Joe Hayden's, the guy lined up across from Joe Hayden goes deep. And that slot receiver runs an out route. That's hard for a slot receiver to cover. The deep route on Joe Hayden drives him back. 
it's a pretty good route combo, and you get a lot of easy yards off of those routes. Joe Hayden took those away, and how the Steelers did it is they would run a cover two, three-man game to Joe Hayden's side, where basically Joe Hayden's in a cover two assignment, and Terrell Edmonds is behind him. Whoever goes deep, Terrell Edmonds is picking that up. Joe Hayden carries his man deep, but he's usually watching the cornerback quarterback not the corner watching the quarterback's eyes and if he sees that if he sees in front of him a route coming into his area from a running back a wide receiver tight end whoever he's jumping it he was fantastic in that role Steelers got a lot of interceptions and eventually teams just stopped throwing those routes on his side of the field because you it was too dangerous you might get three yards or you might have the ball going the other direction it's not worth it the whole design of that play is you're not going to get a lot of yards, but it's a pretty safe, you know, four to five yard route. Only with Joe Hayden over there, it wasn't at all. It was dangerous. Levi Wallace can play that same role, but he's not the playmaker Joe Hayden was. He's not going to make the key tackle every time. He's not going to show up in highlights and be like, whoa, you know, out of nowhere, Joe Hayden makes a game changing play. That's not Levi Wallace. Could he become that player? I don't know. But that's not who he has been. He makes a decent number of plays, but not like Joe Hayden made. He's very physical. He's good at being physical, but that also means he does draw penalties. He, again, is not like Joe Hayden is not a guy you want on an island with a receiver. But if you put him in that kind of cover two, cover three role, cover four, any of those, he can do it. He can do it. If, if you're going to put him on an island with somebody, he's going to have some problems. You need to give him some help deep, just the same way you did with Joe Hayden. I expect Levi Wallace to step right into Joe Hayden's role and just be, you know, they're going to see are going to bring him in and be like, Hey, we want you to be Joe Hayden. What Joe Hayden was in 2019 and 2020 Levi Wallace, in my opinion, can be better than Joe Hayden in 2021. When he was injured, he had some injuries. He had some nagging problems. He wasn't the same player. You could tell he'd lost another step, right? And it, it was hurting his game. Levi Wallace can be better than the Joe Hayden we had in 2021. I don't think he'll be at the same level of 2019-2020 Joe Hayden, but he will be in between those two places, and I think he's a very solid addition. The place where Joe Hayden in 2019 and 2020 is better was it making big plays. Second cornerback, we're going to cover Cameron Sutton. Cameron Sutton made a pretty good transition from his Swiss Army Knife position to the number two corner. He was good as the number two corner. When he got matched up with number one receivers and when Joe Hayden was out and they were shifting help to the other side and not giving Cam Sutton help, he showed that he needed that help, especially when he was taking on better players. However, when he did have help, we saw him do things like shut down Jamar Chase when the Steelers were able to give him help over the top. Of course, that was the game where James Pierre was then stuck on T. Higgins one-on-one, and T. Higgins absolutely destroyed James Pierre. Absolutely destroyed him. We'll talk about that more later. But when Cameron Sutton can have help, when he has help, he's a very solid number two corner. The problem is we're now talking about both projected starting cornerbacks needing help. If you're a team that wants to run some cover one, wants to be able to put their cornerbacks on an island, 
Levi Wallace and Cameron Sutton are gonna need more help than you can than you you know normally want to give them. But again, Joe Hayden needed that help. Steven Nelson needed some help, not as much as Cameron Sutton, but this is a team that is used to having to give cornerbacks help. It's not a strength when your cornerbacks both need some help on their wide receivers, but it's also not a glaring weakness as it's something the Steelers are used to and seem comfortable with. Cameron Sutton also is still, when he moves inside or moves around into that dime position, showed he's still fantastic at it. He didn't lose that in learning to be a cover and transition to being a number two corner an outside guy. He did not lose his ability to be phenomenal as a Swiss army knife dime position player. Third cornerback, Akello Witherspoon. Akello Witherspoon is a big question mark. Easily the best coverage cornerback on the team. Easily. He is a fantastic man corner and he is exactly the guy you want on a wide receiver, one-on-one on an island. He's the guy you want. He's fantastic at it. The problem is his run defense and his tackling are not just bad. They're a big liability. He offers almost nothing there. One of the problems he consistently gets into in his career is he'll play good in a limited coverage role. He plays well enough that teams then ask him to do more. And that's when he struggles. And when you're asking him to do a lot of run defense, when you're asking him to do tackling, his coverage suffers as well. And he's just not very good. Taking a player who has tackling and run defense as a big negative and coverage as a big plus and finding a way to utilize him to his strengths and mitigate his weaknesses when the other team can look and see where he is and say, hey, run there. Run a little wide receiver screen. You know, like the the naked bubble screen with Bruce Arians. Or it was just, we can get that guy the ball, but the cornerback's going to have a shot to tackle him. Well, if that cornerback is a Kella Witherspoon, might not be a bad play. Because he's just not good at tackling. Even wide receivers. He's not good at it. To me, his easiest role is a dime role where you can put him in, have him worry, be in pattern matching, and just say, you're the deep defender. That's what your job is. You're the guy who goes deep. Anyone who goes deep, you're on him, one-on-one, right? But you're not up front. You're not dealing with zone, with screens. You're not the first-run defender. So we can kind of hide you a bit. That's his best usage, but it's hard to get him on the field more if he's kind of limited to dime or even if he's limited to nickel. You don't have his coverage out there a lot of the time. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers try and use him. Next up, let's cover Trey Norwood. Trey Norwood came in as a rookie, took over Cam Sutton's, you know, deep zone, slot, Swiss Army knife, dime back type of role. He was really good at it. He's a natural fit to come back and just play that role again. The question for him this season is, with that time in the offense, 
with a full year under his belt, heading into his second year, can he compete for the Nickelback? I'd love to see him step up and be a good Nickelback, because as you're going to see in this discussion, Steelers don't have a really good Nickelback right now. Could Trey Norwood step up and be that guy? That would be fantastic. It took Cam Sutton years to get to that point where he moved beyond the dimeback role. Trey Norwood's a better tackler naturally than Cam Sutton was early on in his career. So Trey Norwood could make that transition and become the nickelback. However, if he is stuck in his dime role, we're going to talk later, that, that that's going to be problematic. He could also end up in the situation with safety, if they expand the safety roles with the three safeties they have now, Trey Norwood could show up there too. There's a lot the team can do with Trey Norwood, and it's going to be interesting to see how much of a role he can carve out for himself as training camp and preseason go on. Right now, positioning the roster, the easiest thing is just to put Trey Norwood back into his dime spot. But he was really good there, and he showed he may be better than just... You know, you would a player you stick in at dime and plug him in there for the next three years. We'll see what happens with him, but it he is a wild card. He's absolutely a wild card. Next up we get to Arthur Millette. Arthur Millette is a corner with a limited skill set. To me, again, uh, you're gonna notice a the theme here. He he he's fits best in dime. In a dime role where you can say you're you know, the role Mike Hilton played in dime, you're that guy, but we we don't trust you in nickel. Uh, his tackling, his run defense are good. He can give you a little bit of blitzing and a little bit of good coverage. But Arthur Millette is weak in coverage the way people thought Mike Hilton was when Mike Hilton was no longer that player. Mike Hilton, early on in his career, wasn't as good in coverage. Dynamic blitzer, dynamic run defender, great tackler. Not the best in deep coverage, right? He got better in coverage his the entire time he was with the Steelers, and he was no longer that guy. Arthur Millette is that guy, and he's not the blitzer. He's not the, the pass rusher Hilton was. He doesn't bring that. Uh, so Arthur Millette is very limited. I like him in a dime role where he can be more of a, a – towards the line of scrimmage defensive back in dime sets. But we have three players now we're looking at saying they're good in dime. And we also have Cam Sutton, like being a great dime player. It's a, it's a crowded place. Lastly, I want to cover James Pierre. James Pierre, first and foremost, fantastic special teams player. Fantastic at playing, at being the gunner, at blocking the gunner, one of the best I've seen. He, he's up there with Darius Hayward Bay on special teams. On defense, he has a great motor. He plays smart. He plays physical. He's just not quick or fast enough to cover in man. He's a zone-only corner that can play a little bit of man, but mostly you want him in when it's zone defense. In zone defense, he's really good. Last season, when Joe Hayden was out, Pierre was the guy they brought up to start ahead of Akella Witherspoon. Ahead of moving Arthur Millette outside where he had played in for the Jets. He's, he, he had played outside before. 
James Pierre in his second year after being an undrafted free agent rookie was the guy they put up there to be the starter. When he was put on an island, didn't get help, was being absolutely destroyed by T. Higgins, he lost his job entirely, not just because he couldn't cover T. Higgins, but because it started to affect the rest of his game, in my opinion. He played very poorly in run defense, which is not like him in that game. Normally, he's a very strong run defender, very good tackler. He was missing tackles. He was playing terrible in run defense. It looked like moving up to starter got in his head, shook his confidence a bit, and the Steelers took him almost completely off the field there for a while uh, before returning him to his to, to getting some snaps in diamond in different situations. He's definitely going to make the team. In my opinion, he's he's a near lock uh, simply because of his special teams play. If you get rid of him, you have to replace him as a top-flight gunner. That's not something you do. He's still cheap. You bring him in. He can play corner. For the bottom of the depth roster corner, he's better than a lot of special teams-only players can give you. And I think if his confidence gets built back up, he's good enough in zone that, like so many other players... He's a pretty dang good dime back. The problem is there's so many of them. And that's the point I want to make here. The Steelers, I just covered six names at cornerback. Levi Wallace, Cameron Sutton, Akella Witherspoon, Trey Norwood, Arthur Millette, James Pierre. Five of them are at their very best used in dime. Five of them. One of them, Levi Wallace, is a, is a good outside corner. That's his natural position. The other guys are all kind of dimebacks looking to play nickel, looking to play outside, looking to to grow in their role, but really naturally they're dimebacks. I want to get more into that, but we're going to wait until after the break. I'm going to take a little commercial break here. When we come back, I'm going to go beyond just talking about the individual players and talk about how the Steelers are going to use these players and what the Steelers could do. So stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you're staying tuned to all of the Steelers' podcasts on Behind the Steel Curtain. And make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Steelers' news, insight, film room evaluation, roster predictions, all of it. Whatever you want this offseason, we got it covered. Truly is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And in that vein, the podcasts on the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts cover a wide variety too. Uh, We have great differences to show you. Obviously, you're listening to the cutting room floor right now. uh, So you probably know I, I do a lot of analysis and breakdowns. 
Dave Schofield on Thursdays brings you the Stat Geek. You've got Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride. You've got a bunch of different shows. You've got the Steelers Power Half Hour. Uh, it's a little more lighthearted look at the team. You've got the uh, What Yin's Talking About, which is probably my favorite show we have on. I absolutely love it. Cracks me up every time I listen to it. I, I love the uh, Touchdown Under, the show with Matty P and Marky D from Australia. There, there's so many good shows on the podcast family. Make sure you're checking them out. It's a good time. In the first half of this show, I went through the different players at cornerback and talked about their strengths and weaknesses as I see them. In the second half, I want to talk about how the Steelers can use them. First off, when you're only using two cornerbacks, when you've got a front seven, two safeties, and two cornerbacks, I, I firmly believe that Levi Wallace is going to be out there. I, I think I'm going through this assuming that he's our number one corner. He's taking the Joe Hayden spot. He's not going to be leaving the field. He's not going to be leaving that spot. That's his role. He's going to be there. I think any place else is going to be more flexible, but I, I think he's kind of anchored to that number one spot, just like the Steelers like to do with Joe Hayden. On the other side from him, You've got Cameron Sutton is the returning player who held that position. Uh, and I, I think it's most likely we'll see him hold it again. He is a well-rounded number two corner. He does everything good enough. He doesn't have any glaring weaknesses. And as long as he has a little help, he's solid across the board. The wild card on that position is Akella Witherspoon. If he somehow puts together... Defending the run, you know, being able to tackle people better, somehow miraculously puts that all together. He would be a number one cornerback in the NFL. So there's always that small chance. But even without that, the Steelers could say, hey, well, you know, with, with Miles Jack here, with, with safety help, with, with Terrell Edmonds up in the box, we may not need that cornerback to be as good in run defense if we can put them on an island and just let them cover people and, and provide help other places because of that. If the Steelers think they can do that, I could see it happen, especially when you've got a, when you, he would be taking over Cam Sutton's spot, which is on the same side of the field as Cameron Hayward and Alex Highsmith. That's the strength of your run defense. It's a really good run defending side. If you've got some safety is there playing up, then that can help because he's covering deep. If you've got Miles Jack, who's fast at running back, or if Devin Bush gets some of his speed back more, they might go with that and say, hey, we can afford to put Witherspoon outside, have that really strong coverage, and, and you know cover the run defense with some other people. In my opinion, we could even see both. There could be games where the Steelers say, hey, you know, Witherspoon's a better bet here. Or just situationally, end of, you know, late in the second quarter when teams are throwing more. If the team, the Steelers actually have a lead in the fourth quarter, go with Witherspoon and say, hey, if you want to run on us, okay, you'll gain yards. We have some run weakness over here, but 
that's playing into the clock. So we'll put Witherspoon in. Could see that happening. But that's really the only the only variance I see in the two cornerback packages. So let's look at nickel. Because for that nickel back position, there's some real options here. Option number one. You slide Cameron Sutton inside. If he's playing outside, you put Witherspoon outside. Whichever one is playing outside, you end up with Sutton in the slot and Witherspoon outside in nickel. This is your strongest coverage option. Cameron Sutton is a really good cover nickel. He's not good run defense, not the best tackler, offers absolutely nothing in blitzing, but he can cover people. Witherspoon outside gives you a cover specialist outside. If you've got a team that you're facing and you want to go nickel against them as a pure coverage unit, you think they're just going to throw Cameron Sutton in the, in the slot, Witherspoon outside is going to be really strong. If you do that, however, you're really asking the other team to run on you and you're not giving much help to the defense in terms of the blitz and being able to say, hey, you don't know if this cornerback is blitzing or if they're covering, like Mike Hilton used to really provide for the Steelers, which had incredible value. If they don't know if your slot corner is coming, it's it's, it's really tough to defend and to protect your quarterback and, and run an efficient offense. Uh, Hilton's impact as a blitzer was incredible on that defense. Second option. In my opinion, this is one of an option I think is, is a really good one. And that is playing Terrell Edmonds in the slot. With DeMonte Kazi on the team, along with Minka Fitzpatrick, in the nickel, you can put Terrell Edmonds in the slot and have two really good deep zone cornerbacks outside, which if you're dealing with Cameron Sutton and Levi Wallace, that's something you want. And Terrell Edmonds gives you a guy who has really good ability to, to, and run defense and in tackling, brings a lot there, and can blitz. You're getting the closest you're going to get to Mike Hilton on this team is going to be Terrell Edmonds, and he's pretty good covering in the slot. It's important to note that Terrell Edmonds, I'm going to get into him a lot more in the in the safety one when I, when I cover the safety position, but Terrell Edmonds led the Steelers in snaps played where he aligned in the slot. Led the entire team. More than Arthur Millette, more than Trey Norwood, more than anyone else. Terrell Edmonds was the player who played in the slot the most. That should stand out in a team that is now positioned to run three corner, three safeties if they want to. Terrell Edmonds is an option for the nickelback coming in at the slot. Number three, the option, Arthur Millette, what we had last year. Solid run defense, some blitzing ability, all right coverage. Not the best option, but he's a valid one. He's not the worst. He's not unable to play the position. The fourth option is Trey Norwood. He brings a lot of the same skill set to the equation that Arthur Millette does. I think he's better in coverage. Hasn't been shown he's as good in run defense. But if Trey Norwood was were to win the nickel position, it would be because he brings a lot more than Arthur Millette and brings enough that the team is comfortable bypassing the other options and putting him in there. That's 
it's it that that's not a you know if you want this go Trey Norwood that is if Trey Norwood develops into a player who can do a lot of different things that they want in the nickel he could just be the option but he wasn't that player last year he has to become that player there's a chance he could we'll have to see the other three options really give you a lot of look at different possible ways to approach a nickel defense Terrell Edmonds with the three with the three safeties gives you more size, more tackling, blitzing with still getting good man coverage. Arthur Millette is what you had last year. The Sutton and Witherspoon combo we saw that last season too, when the teams really when the Steelers really wanted to go focus on coverage. Those are the options I see for nickel. Those are the best options. What gets really interesting as I've been talking about here with the number of players the Steelers have that really fit well and really play well in dime roles. I want to go over the options for dime, but I don't, I'm not going to cover all the different possibilities because really there's too many. You could really put a lot of different combinations of players out on the field in dime and put them in specific roles that are, that are good fits. This is a defense. This defense is set up, and I'll I'll get into the actual talking about the dime defense here in a moment, but this defense is set up to again be that team where if we get a sack on first down and on second down an incomplete pass, and all of a sudden it's third and 15, or let's say you get an eight-yard sack, you gain five yards on second down, it's now third and 13. You know, it's third and longer than 10, or even third and eight. The Steelers can go into dime and bring so many different players, so many different matchups that I I think they're going to be, again, that team that if you're in third and long, it's over. 2019 and 2020, we saw the Steelers force teams to kind of dink and dunk down the field. They didn't give up big plays. And then when they got a sack, when they got that sack, your drive was almost always over. Some like 65, 70% of the time, the Steelers got a sack. Even if it was on first down, that drive ended. That set of downs was it. The Steelers have so many players that have good roles in dime. Let's go over. How I want to approach this is not give you the possible combinations. I'm going to talk about strengths of different roles. So we'll start with who's strong in deep zone coverage. I'm going to give you the top five players in in a rough order uh, of how I see their strengths. To me, on the Steelers right now, the best deep zone coverage player is DeMonte Kazi, the safety. Second would be Minka Fitzpatrick. After that, Cameron Sutton and Trey Norwood come into play. Cameron Sutton is a really good deep zone cover guy. Not Minka Fitzpatrick. He's not Demonte Kazi. He's going to be out back there, not even in cover two. He's more cover three, cover four. You can drop him back there. He's really good. Trey Norwood. I'm going to put him behind Sutton just because of level of experience, and we've seen Sutton really lock down that back end. Norwood has played some safety for the Steelers, but mostly he's played up closer. But he is a really good deep zone defender. For a rookie, 
we'll see him improve, hopefully, and and be still in this conversation for a deep zone assignment strengths in 2022. Lastly, fifth place, I'm going to go with Terrell Edmonds. Uh, just he's gotten a lot better, but he's still not you know great. But he's not the liability he used to be. Second off, I'm going to rank these guys by man coverage ability. Now, this is it's man cover on a receiver. Don't worry about tight ends, whatever. But man cover on a wide receiver. Start off Akella Witherspoon. He's, he's the best pure coverage guy in the team. And in dime, you can really just put him on an outside guy. You can put him in deep coverage. You can put him wherever and just say, hey, lock this down. Witherspoon's going to be great at it. Number two, I'm going to go with Sutton. I'm leaving Levi Wallace out of these discussions. As I said, I, he's going to be in the role that he's in. He's that guy. Uh, talking about the flexibility of positions, I, w- I want to cover everyone but him. So Sutton is two in man coverage. Number three, I would go Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds is actually really good in man coverage, even on wide receivers. Fourth, I would go Arthur Millette. And fifth, I'd go Minka Fitzpatrick. Man coverage is not Minka's strength. He can do it. He can do well. It's not his strength. He will get beat some. And I'm gonna actually going to put him equal to or below Millette. I, I'm kind of putting him below Millette because, because I don't want to see Minka in that role. That's like kind of his worst usage. So I'm putting him below Millette because if I had to choose between Minka being Minka and or Minka covering in man and, and, Trey, and Terrell Edmonds being and say, no, Minka shouldn't be the guy in man coverage on, it, on you know a, a guy you really need to cover. Looking at short zone assignments, this is like zones closer to the line of scrimmage, covering short routes, having a bigger role in run defense and potential blitzing, stuff like that. Number one for me on this roster is James Pierre. In short zone and cover two style zones, tackling up on the uh, up in dime, James Pierre is really good. That is his best usage. That is his strength. And I think he's a very valuable player there. We saw him regress in that last season as they tried to to make him the starter there for a while. Uh, I think he can get back to where he was. Number two, I'm going to go Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick up closer to the line of scrimmage, especially in a robber role, coming, you know, starting back, like looking like a cover uh, cover two safety, coming forward, covering those short zones, and really focusing on high traffic areas of the field, and just shutting them down. Minka Fitzpatrick's fantastic. Third, I'll go Cameron Sutton. Uh, part of the set here, you'll notice Cameron Sutton is, is like second or third on most of these. Any kind of coverage role in the defense, Sutton is going to be very good at. Trey Norwood, I'll give him fourth. We've seen him make plays in short zone. He, he filled in for Sutton and did very good. I would still rank him slightly below Cameron Sutton in those roles, but still very good. Fifth, Terrell Edmonds. He's not as good a zone player. He's not as quick to react to the play. He's not a guy that, you know, if reading the quarterback eyes, Peck's eyes, looking at the play in front of him, knowing where to go. That's that's not Terrell Edmonds' strength. He's much better in man. He's much better reading run defense, stuff like that. He, he's, he's a different player, but he's still coming in fifth here in short zone ahead of guys like Arthur Millette. Lastly, for run defense, 
and blitzing purely, I'm going to go Terrell Edmonds, number one. Arthur Millette, number two. James Pierre, number three. Minka Fitzpatrick, number four. And Trey Norwood, number five. As you notice there, that's a lot of different players in a lot of different roles. If you just take the number one player at each role, you've got DeMonte Kazi, Akella Witherspoon, James Pierre, and Terrell Edmonds in different spots, right? That's if you can specialize them into a set area. And I think that kind of tells the story of the Steelers secondary. You've got a few guys who are kind of, you know, jack of all trades players. You've got Levi Wallace, who is a perfect fit to be Joe Hayden, play that Joe Hayden role. And then you've got guys who are specialists. You've got guys who have one or two areas. They're very strong and other areas. They're not very good at all. Guys like Akella Witherspoon, James Pierre, Arthur Mollette. They have serious strengths and serious weaknesses. It's going to be a challenge for the Steelers to figure out where they want to play these people. But I think with the group we have, the Steelers can put together a good secondary unit that's going to have a lot of strengths. And it's going to be hard for other teams to attack, especially, I believe, that because we've seen it from Terrell Austin. Since Terrell Austin joined the team in 2019, the Steelers have been using players like that and using them well. And I think he's going to continue to do that. That's my show for today. I want to thank everyone for tuning in, for listening. Hope you have a great week. And as always, go Steelers. Steelers.